This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome in to The Scoop, the number one UNC football recruiting podcast in the world, part of the Inside Carolina Podcast Network. This podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com, the best and most local place for all your UNC apparel and gear needs. I'm your host, Ross Martin, and as always, on The Scoop, I'm joined by Don, Donnie Scoops Callahan, and today we have a very special guest joining us again is Brian Doan of 24-7 Sports. What's up, guys? Hey, how are you guys doing? I am awesome, and what the uh, viewers, listeners don't realize is that we had a pretty funny encounter where, and Ross doesn't even know, it was funny because on the screen, you were just like, pause, yeah. but it wasn't no blur whatsoever, so it looked like there was like a cardboard cutout that we were talking to. And yeah. it looked like at any moment you could talk. So, uh, yeah, Ross had some um, internet problems that hopefully we have. It, it seems like we've kind of fixed those things. Yeah, my, my big issue with it, Ross, is not only did I have to get up early to tape this, I got to look at Don with a gritty picture in the background wearing that flyer shirt, and it just made me feel ill. And I, now I'm just imagining that Don is gritty, and that's what he does when he's off. He just walks around in that mascot outfit. For, for those who are – it's the best mascot in all of sports, and it's only been around for a couple of years. It's the best mascot you have on your wall. <laughs> all right. Before people uh, log off because of this conversation, uh, for those listening on audio, you can also catch us on YouTube. We're recording on Zoom now, so you get us on YouTube, on audio, wherever you get your podcast. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the Inside Carolina podcast. Give us a five-star rating, a quick review about what you liked about this podcast or any of Inside Carolina's podcasts, and then subscribe to the podcast. Every time a new one drops, automatically shows up in your feed. All right, let's get right into it, guys. Uh, we brought, brought on Brian Doan, who covers the Mid-Atlantic and some of the Northeast for 24-7 Sports, the national recruiting analyst, because um, there's a lot of things in his area we need to get into. Last week, we took off. We had the uh, Tony Grimes commitment for UNC. We took a week off, and now we're back to talk about Tony Grimes reclassifying. So that'll be the top of the show. Then going to get into what happened with George Wilson, the four-star defensive end from the Virginia Beach area who committed to South Carolina on Sunday. And then we're going to get into Logan Taylor, who's making a commitment decision this Friday. All those guys were UNC targets. Obviously, Grimes has committed to the Tar Heels, the other two um, – Obviously, Wilson's committed to the Gamecocks, and Logan Taylor is going to make a decision which we believe will not be UNC, but we'll get into all that. Sound good, guys? Perfect for me. I'm excited. Don, and we're also going to close with a little talk on Don's new passion for the sport of soccer, and that's another reason why Brian is on. Brian apparently got Don in on the sport during this time of uh, quarantine, and then we're going to talk a little about our, um, our Don and, and myself's vacations uh, we took last week. All right. We took, Anything in it? Go ahead. Yeah, we took vacations the same week, but we went to separate. All right. All right. So everything good there. Let's get right into it with Tony Grimes. Uh, this news broke while I was gone, but we had always kind of heard some rumors of Tony Grimes reclassifying. Um, where do we start? Brian, you want to start with us about Tony Grimes reclassifying to the class of 2020 and, and apparently going to arrive on campus in August sometime, begin classes if they exist, and take part in the 2020 season for UNC if that exists. Yeah, I think it's something, like you said, it's been going on for a while. I remember speaking with his dad last fall about, you know, how far advanced Tony was with his academics. And, you know, as this pandemic started and visits got shut down, his dad kind of wanted to keep it quiet but would let us know 
myself and Steve Wolfong with 24-7 Sports, hey, this is a possibility. He only needs one class. It's a summer class that he can take online, and that's what he's going to do. And it makes sense because, A, I don't know anybody in the country who just steadfastly believes there's going to be a full high school season. I know up here in Jersey, it's going to be at best a five-week regular season already, they're saying. And so without that possibility, he's already a kid that was going to enroll in December if he stayed in high school. So even if your college season is shortened or your college season is moved to the spring or whatever happens there, he now can start working toward that degree. And when you're a five-star kid, you're not thinking I'm going to be there for five years. The mentality is usually three and out or four and out. Three and out, enrolling now allows him to work toward his degree. And if he's in there for four years, Tony's a really smart kid, really does a good job academically, obviously. You're there four years, you get your master's degree, and he's already 18. He's physically ready to play. It makes a lot of sense. And if you're North Carolina, if you have spots, if you don't have spots, when Tony Grimes says, hey, I, I want to come in early, it's not like you're going to sit there and go, well, it kind of upsets our balance of scholarships, yeah. and we don't know if we have room. So, I mean, it makes sense on every level. Yeah, from my perspective, um, obviously the academic stuff makes sense. You know, it's a different world with coronavirus. Like, there's so many questions. And does he want to hang around high school and, and Virginia Beach for another fall and maybe not have a season? Or does he want to get to UNC, strength conditioning, nutrition, start working with the coaches, start getting better, going against better competition. It's a no-brainer from his side. Um, and obviously, whether – I don't – I mean, if they have a season, does he play? Does he redshirt? Does he play the four games? Those are all the questions that we don't know yet. Um, but obviously, this guy is very, very good. Five-star talent, number seven overall in 24-7 sports composite, six foot, 180 pounds, committed to UNC two weeks ago, um, and definitely one of the best recruits UNC has ever had. Yeah, and Ross, Ross, if you look at it real quick, not, sorry to cut you off, but, you know, the decision to go in is based on, you know, Tony Grimes' dad, Deion Glover, is he's an assistant coach at Princess Anne, and he's really tied in to the state athletic situation, you know, with, with high school sports. And so he's not making this move if you think there's going to be a season in Virginia or a full season in Virginia. And I think that's one thing you really have to look at is his dad is really tied in. It also suggests – what the season could look like high school-wise in Virginia. Yeah, there's so many questions. This is the first time Don hasn't really gotten much uh, words in here at the top of the show. The star of the show, Don Diane Scoops Callahan, getting his shine taken away by the Dunn Master. Um, Don, your thoughts, and if, you know, add on to what we said, but what are you hearing about is this definitely happening or what has to happen to make sure it does occur for Grimes to enroll early at UNC? Well, I mean, obviously he has to take the class, and the I think the major potential holdup, as always, is UNC admissions, which, and I've been doing this a long time, and I've seen a lot of different um, just strange sort of hiccups that happen. Not saying that there's going to be in this situation, but there has there have been in the past, and the problem with that for a kid who's coming, who may be coming out, let's say in May and enrolling in August, you have all those months to kind of figure things out and, and work, work through them. So it's not that big of a deal. Tony's working within a very small window to where he has to get the class done and everything else in a, a short amount of time. So hopefully for UNC fans sake, cross your fingers to make sure that, that there aren't any sort of hiccups between now and whenever classes start in August. Yeah, and that has another element, like, you know, if he doesn't enroll early, then opens up, you know, who knows who else would come in and, and you know, try to swing. Well, that's, that's the benefit from North Carolina's stance. Yeah, get him in. Yeah, because, I mean, he, even when he committed, there was always, like, all these rumors, not coming from Tony or his dad, but other people saying, oh, well, he's still going to take an official to Georgia, and he's still going to yeah. take an official to Ohio State and all that. Him enrolling, obviously, just completely wipes that out you know, um, and any sort of concerns. Because, uh, you know, regardless of what happened with UNC season um, and all that, it's always going to be a, a, a worry in the back of your mind of this five-star that we, we got to hold on to. And now it, it takes away that worry. Yeah, and I'll just say, with, this is where I look at it, and you say the hiccups and everything. Mac Brown didn't come to North Carolina again to have a hiccup in getting a five-star kid into his program. 
Yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. But UNC admissions is, you know. Hey, I covered UCLA. I understand about admissions yeah. issues. Mm -hmm. I don't even think they would screw it up. Okay. Yeah, there's been I think there's been a, a couple changes that Mac Brown has uh, deployed and a lot of aspects of the program to just make it more of a big time football program. And that's a whole other podcast of, of things he's done and added in terms of recruiting. But, you know, maybe getting in a couple guys, but this doesn't necessarily doesn't have to involve Grimes because we know he is sharp when it comes to academics. Um, you know, for my to add on to what I said earlier, I mean, comes in all right he's from high school he's had to play a senior season you know, what do you expect kind of happens when he, when he gets to UNC is this just a chance to get stronger faster better play four games if it was let's say they have a, a season play four games in red shirt or is it a situation where he is playing this is gonna be his freshman year two more years he's gone how do you kind of see that breaking down let's go let's go Don and we'll go Brian yeah so from his actual physical preparedness and all that I mean Grimes is is probably the most prepared um, kid coming out of high school from the cornerback position that, that I have personally ever seen um, and then you look at what Mac Brown how he handled the freshman last year and he wasn't afraid to burn red shirts so I, I fully anticipate at the very least Tony Grimes is going to play a whole lot of football this season if we have a football season yeah, I, I agree with Don, and I think he's a kid that can come in and play some nickel to really get used to it. He's a smart kid. He'll understand the schemes. You know, I, I know, Ross, before you mentioned nutrition and weight training. Look, if you've met Tony, yeah. you know you know he's already into that stuff. Um, yeah. That'll only, that only enhance it. It'll yeah, like, I mean, it, you know, he's he's got, um, you know, minimal body fat. Uh, I mean, he, he's he's jacked up for a corner he's loose his drills are outstanding he puts in a ton of work his dad works with him a lot um, just in terms of footwork drills and everything to me the, as long as Grimes can understand the system what his responsibilities and assignments are he'll get on the field and you know you can't make the determination of whether he's going to redshirt play four games or not until you know a where he fits in the rotation, B, do they have injuries, and C, does he understand everything? And then, you know, he's like I said before, he's a five-star kid. These kids aren't expected to hang for five years. And so if you play him for five games, if, if you had a full season and you burn his red shirt, well, who cares because he's supposed to be gone in another two or three years anyway. Yep. Don, would you say you have minimal body fat? I would say I have maximum body fat. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, hey, Ross, you – you know better than the three of us, UNC's secondary, as far as like what, what they have already. I know that there was a lot of uh, transfers last offseason that are now going to be eligible to play. What, what's, what's kind of the, the openings looking like in the secondary? Look at Don doing a little hosting, a little segue, a little set me up there. I got to like do it. a little bit of everything, you know what I mean? I got a Ross <laughs> who's freezing every five minutes. Yeah, you know. pray for the internet. Hopefully it keeps working. Um, all right, so you got Patrice Rene, who's come back from an injury. Obviously, I think, Brian, you probably know him from Episcopal High School. Yep. Um, Patrice Rene is the senior, fifth-year senior. And then uh, behind him – or not behind him, but alongside him, Trey Morris and the Storm Duck are probably – you're looking at your starters on day one of training camp. And then Kyler McMichael, the Clemson transfer, is eligible this season after sitting out last year. And Bryce Watts from Virginia Tech. Two ACC transfers are both eligible. Um, you know, who knows? There's a reason they transferred. You always say that, but we've heard good things about both. You know, McMichael was a top 100 player, I think, and, and Watts apparently is, is super fast. So those are the five players you're looking at. Storm Duck, Patrice Rene, um, Trey Morrison, uh, Bryce Watts, and Kyle McMichael. And then you have um, a couple like Obi, Agbuna, and some other people like that. I think that is it. And so you add in Tony Grimes, and that's a very deep, a very long and a very experienced secondary um, or a very experienced group of – those are all corners, as, let me make that clear. Um, DeAndre Hollins is another name who played some last year as well. So last year they had tons of issues with depth. They had tons of injuries and had a lot of issues bringing in freshmen who played early and, and moving people around to different positions. Seems like with this year with Grimes and there's not going to be any depth questions for the quarterbacks. Good answer, Ross. There you go. Uh, okay, so my only thought here is, and it kind of goes along with whether or not UNC has a season, is like, all right, so he comes in, 
they don't play in 2020 and it's kind of any good player. It's like you miss a season of having a really good player. Like Sam Howe, we don't have a 2020 season. UNC might not only have him for, for two years on the field. It's kind of crazy to think about. That's, that's one thought I have in my mind. But at, hey, coronavirus affects anything, everything and anything. Well, we could do an entire podcast about yeah. all of our concerns, worries, theories, and all that. Oh, I bet you'll get a lot of likes and shares on that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, good stuff, Email guys. Too. Anything else on Grimes? I mean, big-time five-star and rolling early if, if everything happens, happens with uh, getting into UNC, and, and that should happen in August, I guess, when training camp starts, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a positive, I think, for everybody involved. You know, this gets finalized. Awesome. All right, now I want to talk to you about Johnny T-shirt. Before we talk about Johnny T-shirt, we're going to you know, tease the, the George Wilson conversation coming up and Logan Taylor, two you know, targets for UNC that – didn't go the Tar Heels way, a little, you know, hiccup in the Mack train that's rolling down the highway. Um, George Wilson, Logan Taylor talk coming up soon with Brian and Don. But first one talks about Johnny T-shirt and Johnny T-shirt.com, your place for all your UNC apparel needs and all your gears. I felt my live read was getting a little stale. So I headed over to Johnny T-shirt.com to get some more ideas to help you know inform you what's going on over there at that local company on franklin street and online right now they're having a holiday sale holiday sale ross what's that mean all holiday merchandise is 25 to 50 percent off through the month of july so that's all your christmas gear all your stuff for the different holidays get that now johnny t-shirt they have return of the mac t-shirts they have carolina blue masks for our for this uh covid19 situation we're dealing with you can get two masks or 999 you can pick up the football and the forest book by lee pace from johnny t-shirt so if you're going to get that book order it from johnny t-shirt.com football in the forest lee pace's book about kean stadium and unc football they have tons of stuff apparel vintage t-shirts koozies tailgate essentials unc wine glasses unc flags coolers bags ties watches golf balls Anything you want. Tons of jerseys for all the sports, baseball, football, basketball, T-shirts, crew neck sweatshirts, half zips, everything you need for UNC. Massive website. Head over to Giant T-shirt and GiantT-shirt.com. Support local businesses during this strange time when a lot of the local companies are struggling economically. All right, guys, back to the podcast. How was that live read? That was very good. I was, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm going on vacation soon. I'll be heading down in that area. I may stop by and get some gear, to be honest. Sounded good. Yeah, tons of great stuff. Get you a, get you a little a couple koozies if you're going to drink some cold ones on the beach down here in North Carolina. Where are you heading, Brian? Uh, we're getting into uh, the lower portion of South Carolina. <laughs> there you go. Everyone's, everyone's like real sketchy when Terry was telling them <laughs> themselves where they're going because – that's where the flare-ups are with coronavirus. Yeah, we're kind of going to. No, we're going. We're going to a. We're going to a very secluded place. So Ke- I'm, you going to I'm Kiowa? Concerned. Uh, we go closer <laughs> to Pauly's Island. We'll leave okay. it at that. Okay. Yeah, we won't give. Hey, I think for your live read, when you ask yourself a question, you need to like change your voice. Maybe like a feminine voice. What do you think? I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. When you said mask, Ross, I thought of Don wearing like a Batman mask, and I thought that would be good for the next podcast, just like a whole mask like that. The whole podcast wearing a Batman mask? Or, yeah. But it has to be Carolina Blue. Okay. There you go. There you go. All right, we are going to dive into George Wilson here. Um, Four-star, what, top 350 uh, defense or player in the uh, 2021 class. Last podcast, we got some hints that, that Brian was going to switch his crystal ball to UNC. He did. I think some other people did too. So this was kind of a, a situation that happens occasionally where everyone thinks he's going one way, and, and Wilson um, ended up coming to South Carolina. Sorry to call you out there, Brian. But let's go right to you, Brian. What happened with George Wilson? Uh, all the signs point to Carolina, and then he goes to South Carolina, and that's where he's committed right now. Yeah, I, I, what happened was when I put the crystal ball pick in, he, you know, all the intel we got from people very, very close to him was he was heading to North Carolina. And at the day I put it in, if he was going to announce, it was going to be for North Carolina. There's, there's no doubt about that. So what happened? South Carolina really started hitting heavy on, hey, look, we've been on you for a long time. You know this, you've known these guys 
for a while, especially assistant coaches recruiting him for South Carolina. You've known them since the fall. We offered you in November. We were one of your first offers, one of your first power fives. And they really started going that route. Then they got, you know, to the family and said, hey, this is what's been going on. We've been with you for this long. This is how we'll use you. We don't have anybody really in the program like you. We'll use you as a hybrid kind of outside linebacker, D-end. And they just, you know, they did a great job of reminding George Wilson why he liked South Carolina so much in the process. And I, I checked in with one of his coaches um, before I flipped my pick over to South Carolina. And I said, yo, I'm, I'm here in South Carolina a lot. And his response was, remember what I told you back in the spring when everybody was thinking Penn State and North Carolina, don't sleep on South Carolina. And it was because of the relationship that the staff had built with George's family. Now, the flip side is, and, and I think you can do this with a lot of prospects, George has not been to South Carolina. And I think some kids meaning a lot. He has not visited? No. He told me he has not been to campus there. And so, which, I mean, it happens a lot now, right? Yeah, what yeah, what yeah. are your options? You get squeezed. These kids, I mean, you're George Wilson. You have four schools as finalists, which means 10 coaches a day are texting you three or four times a day. You're getting hundreds of texts a day. It just, it's too much. These coaches have nothing to do but recruit. And for these kids, it's getting to be too much. You end the process you commit, and I think, you know, 95% will stick to where they're committed to, but you always have the the outliers who will go somewhere else. And if visits do open up in the fall, I mean, him and along with probably six zillion others will wind up I, – I could see them making visits. I'm not saying he will, and if, you know, South Carolina folks that are going to get wind of this and jump on may get nervous and all that stuff. But, I mean, that's just the life right now. If visits open up, and you're talking about kids who didn't make visits and who didn't, didn't get to campuses, I, I could see that happening. I don't, you know, that's why when Don mentioned Tony Grimes enrolling is so important, he couldn't make visits either. So all these kids that want to go through the process, I mean, look, if I tell you right now you can go on a trip, it's paid for for 48 hours, they tell you how great you are and you do anything you want food-wise and everything, you'd be like, okay, sign me up. Yeah. So I think if it does loosen up, I'm going to see a lot of kids making visits. The lesson here, Don, is don't sleep on the cocks. <laughs> is that a lesson you learned a long time ago? I think that's one that maybe you need to put into your brain hole. Uh, Don, your take here, you know, you had the boards thinking it was all UNC and then all of a sudden Flip City. Yeah, yeah. So breaking um, the hearts of Tar Heel fans everywhere, Don. I know, I know. The the fan shock, and it wasn't just because of what Brian reported, what what I reported. Um, what was pretty pretty surprising. I think that if something like this happened even last year, but definitely a, a few years ago, it wouldn't have been such a huge shock. And you're just kind of looking at not just this situation, but kind of looping it together with the Logan Taylor stuff. And then even going back to Zaire Patterson, um, it's a little bit of, you know, and UNC fans aren't going to like me for saying this, but kind of falling back down to earth for a little bit because, and I, I kind of fell for it too. The, you know, Tar Heels, Mac Brown were having a really good spring and they were landing a lot of really good players, a lot of forks. I mean, the class is still ranked the top top five right now. Um, so the class was, was having a whole lot of success. And I think the shock is kind of in relation to just how well North Carolina is doing. Now, as far as, you know, the what and the why, I mean, I, I'm in the same ballpark as, as Brian with, you know, our sources telling us one thing. Um, the thing that I go back to is that, is that George himself, has never, at least from, from what I know, has never said UNC or whoever is my leader. Um, it was always all the people around him and, and people making assumptions, okay, well, Tony Grimes is going there and he's from the same town and, and Dre Bly is recruiting him now and, and he's a, a Tidewater legend. Uh, but I do think that you, know, you kind of have to tip your hat a little bit to South Carolina. They did you know, the main job of a recruiter because every school, no matter what school that you are working for, you have negatives. And you obviously have positives too. And the key for a recruiter is to accentuate the positives and to weaken or lessen the negatives, at least in the mind of the, of the, the recruit. And that's what South Carolina was able to do. They were able to say, okay, find out that obviously your depth chart was important. And they really piled it on on North Carolina. And they kind of, you know, exaggerated certain things about North Carolina's depth chart and really kind of made 
the South Carolina depth chart look more appealing, and that was key. And I think the you know having such a strong relationship with uh, George because they recruited him so long, as Brian alluded to, really allowed them to to really kind of to tee off on, on that. Yeah, I mean, I think you touched on a lot of this in your weekly scoop, and you went through some of it there. But you know, Desmond Evans coming in, you know, there's a lot of people in this position, I guess, ahead of him, so they they keyed in on that. And uh, selling playing time for a, for a team that maybe has more more openings at the defensive and outside linebacker, but you're also going to a what a four and four and eight team, yeah. Co- coach on the hot seat too, so a lot could happen between now and signing day. But, George I Wilson, mean, when, when you, you talk about four and eight and all the weaknesses and and that stuff, and you know, I, I always listen to to it's what Don said. Your job as a recruiter is to accentuate the positive, and four and eight is one. I mean. There's a reason why Boise State does well and, and why TCU can make runs and everything. You're, if you have a good recruiter, the player and the parents believe in that recruiter, and it overshadows everything. If you're 4-8, and eight, you're saying, hey, we need guys like you, and then mm-hmm. we're going to compete for the SEC title. And how persuasive are you, how well they can sell that, and how well they can develop you, those are the things that matter. There you have it. George Wilson commits to South Carolina. Um, you got to think this recruitment's not over. He hasn't visited South Carolina. There's a lot of time left. Is he an early enrollee uh, option? Uh, they're, they're exploring it. Yeah. Don's done a lot of exploration in his life as well. Um, okay. Let's get right into Logan Taylor. Uh, kind of a weird recruitment. Uh, big time, 6'8". Offensive tackle, hasn't played a lot of football, goes to Episcopal High School up there in Northern Virginia. He's from Canada. I only visit many places. He's announcing Friday. Uh, UNC's really wanted him all along. We've talked about him a lot on the podcast. And so what's going on now? We'll go with Brian. Brian's kind of the star of this show. <laughs> he uh, is. Kind of taking a back, sheet, back, back seat here. I'm, uh, he's Batman. I'm Robin. <laughs> you're still wearing the mask. You're, you're the ping. Um, <laughs> Don, you're the penguin. <laughs> you know, Logan Taylor is interesting. When you say he hasn't visited a lot of places, I mean, he's visited one, Virginia, with his coach early in the season last fall. He's from Halifax, Nova Scotia, which is where he's at right now. Played one season at Episcopal. Um, the finalists are Virginia, North Carolina, Florida. I put in my crystal ball for Virginia, full disclosure. I expect that's where he'll go on Friday. As we've just talked about, there can be surprises and changes in this stuff. I don't anticipate it right now, but he's only been to Virginia. His parents haven't visited anywhere. They were supposed to go all spring and check out a bunch of schools because the kid has 20-plus offers. Obviously, you can't do that. He's up in Canada. There's questions on whether he can get back into the States if they have a season in Virginia or when he can get back into the States, what they're going to do with their classes at Episcopal. There's a lot of uncertainties in this one. And... Just like with George Wilson, who didn't make a lot of visits and needs to see some campuses, I would anticipate Logan Taylor, once he gets back into the States, I can see him visiting some places. And look, academics are huge to him. Um, he's at Episcopal. You don't, you don't go to Episcopal so you can take basket weaving. And so that's why you have Virginia, um, North Carolina, and Florida, all, all three really good academic schools. And then, you know, on the fun side, this is a kid that doesn't have a lot of experience as an offensive tackle. He spent his time when he played in Halifax, which is some great tape on huddle to watch. Um, not only was he a defensive end, but he was a punter. So at six seven, six eight, he's back there. And he was, I mean, he had a live foot. I mean, you could see him playing rugby and stuff or Australian rules football kind of deal. A big, strong kid and does a lot of things. Um, huge huge room for growth I, I just look at he's you know if he if he announced it for uba friday fine and let's see where it goes from there what's uh canadian football look like at the high school level um well it's probably a lot like if myself don and you grabbed like eight of our friends and played <laughs> i it mean no it's it tough snow. yeah okay. the one thing i'll just add to this is it kind of feels like it was kind of a uh, from Logan, and, and maybe because I know him a little bit better than than what what subscribers do, and Brian, you too. Um, it feels like a little bit of a effort sort of thing. I'm just tired of this recruiting process. I'm tired of the coaches bothering me. I'm tired of all this because because really he has hardly any information because he only made one visit. And it was a very very brief visit. It was a game visit, and so 
you know, it just was kind of like, all right, let me just make a commitment just to get these coaches off my back and just kind of see what happens from there. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying there. Um, he's at Episcopal. The coach, Mark Morris, is a great guy there. He's not going to let his kid just be like, hey, I'm picking. I mean, he's going to make sure that there's some, you know, the pros and the cons and, and that it fits his personality. So there's that aspect of it. But it's like a lot of kids who haven't visited. There's uncertainty. You don't know what's going on. Hey, join our class. We're running out of room. So, you know, there's a lot of different reasons. Or, you know what, maybe, just maybe, UVA's coaching staff did an unbelievable job because he knows them well from actually going there and, you know, can relate to them because he remembers the face-to-face discussions that they had. And, you know, he's just comfortable there and it fits everything. Like if you would have told me, here's Logan Taylor, these are the schools he's looking at at the beginning of his recruitment, I probably could have picked two of the three on the list just based on high academics and what he's looking for in a college. Well, the other thing I think that that gets ignored here is Virginia's location. Now, I get it. He Location for him doesn't matter, but in this situation, he can at least look at it and be like, all right, well, that is not that far away from where I went to high school. I at least have an idea of, you know, I know Virginia is not really in Northern Virginia, but he has a general idea of that. And and he's going to have some sort of friends um, in that general sort of area. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, Virginia, I mean, look at Virginia's a great school. I mean, I want, I wanted to go there. I mean, that's a, it's a beautiful campus. It's a uh, great education, one of the top five public schools, and they got a football team that's proven they can win now with Bronco Minhall. Great program, great guy. I mean, I'm no, this is a no-brainer in terms of – I mean, it's not like a crazy thing he's going there. But recruitment's not over, um, and we'll see what happens as the global pandemic continues and there's question marks around everything in terms of recruiting in college football. All right, Logan Taylor, anything else, guys? Wasn't he a crab fisherman or something like that? Well, he, he, his, coach t- scallops. his coach told me that he would spend his summers hauling 80-pound bushels, bushels of scallops, to which my response was, hey, I could do that too. It's just when I deliver them, there'll be about 40 pounds in there. Yeah, I mean, what, a, what a lifestyle. It's actually up. I mean, Nova Scotia's above Maine, right, or like kind of close to where Maine is? It's really far to the right. <laughs> Okay, so it's out there in the Atlantic. Yes. Um, it, it's, it, to, to give an idea, if you were to drive from where he lives to a school like Boston College, you kind of have to go around the water, and it's, it's, it's about a 10-hour drive. Yeah, it's way up there. It's cold as shit up there in the, uh, in the winter. I mean, Maine, apparently I was up in Maine last week, full disclosure. I mean, there's snow on the ground six months out of the year. It's freezing up there. Um, <laughs> it wasn't freezing this last week. All right, guys, I think that's the football talk right there. That's uh, – the American football talk. Ooh, good headway, uh, Ross. Um, all right, so we got wait, Tony Grimes. Headway or segue? Segway, sorry. I'll edit that out. Wink, wink. What, um, what is on your mind? Well, we got so we got Tony Grimes reclassifying. We've got George Wilson intel and scoop on his decision and Logan Taylor. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about Don and soccer and Brian, Brian's influence on, on Don's new passion. And then we're going we're gonna to dive into our vacation week eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we're back on The Scoop, presented to you by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Wow, great podcast here with Don Callahan and Brian Doan. All right, Don, you want to talk about this. You're getting into soccer. I guess these games are on live, the, the Premier League and then the European leagues. I don't know much about soccer. I played it all through um, my youth, but I, I only watched the World Cup, it seems. Let's get into it, Don. What's going on? Yeah, so my prior to, uh, I guess, a couple months ago, my, not, my soccer knowledge was extremely limited to my kids playing soccer. So um, wasn't too much. But like everybody else, I was getting sick and tired of not being able to watch any sort of live sports, live competition, and uh, decided to give it a go. And um, watching um, a couple of different leagues, Brian whether he likes it or not, has become my soccer mentor my, or my football mentor. And so, uh, you know, now when he calls me, he probably dreads the first couple of minutes because it's going to be a couple of questions on, on who, um, who, I think, who he thinks is going to win a particular uh, game or so. Um, Wait, but, uh, let's take ahead. a step back. So what's, what, what's on TV right now? What are we watching? What's going on, Brian? Well, first of all, anytime Don calls me, I dread the first few minutes. Okay, <laughs> let's, let's make sure we understand that. So listen, the, the great thing with soccer is, um, you know, with MLS started, they have some 9 a.m. games on the East Coast, which is great. Um, I'm, I, I mean, I love the sport. It's, it's the only sport I've re- never really covered, so I haven't, you know, it hasn't been ruined for me by covering oh, yeah. it. But I think one of the things that's cool is, it's always the stories inside of the – I mean, the game's a great game, and it's exciting, and I love it. But there's also the great stories inside of it. Like, for those that don't know, first of all, if a manager of a team criticizes its players or says something bad about the other team, it's done. Okay, you say it, that's what he said, you move on. It doesn't list – you know, you don't have four days of talk about nonsense of what it, what it could really mean. But the best part for me is not only do you play your season and if you don't do well, you go down a level, like kind of to the minors if you're in the top. Relegation. Yeah, relegation. And so, which is more exciting now because as we all know, Liverpool has won the uh, Premier League in England. So, you know, for the first time in 30 years, my Reds are champs there. But aside from that, there's the in-season tournaments to where you have the best teams in Europe playing each other. in like a side tournament that can last the whole year. And so I, I equate it to like in baseball, if during the, the regular baseball season, I guess people still watch the sport, then you, okay, we're going to play the best teams from Mexico, Venezuela, the Caribbean, and you have your own tournament there with, you know, whether you're the Yankees, Dodgers or whomever. And to me, there's so many things that go into it. It makes it so much fun and I know people are like, well, there's got to be more goals. There's got to be more goals. Yeah, uh, whatever. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I grew up watching Giants football, so I love defense, right? But the other part is there's just – to watch guys that can, you know, kick the ball 60 yards in the air right onto like a dime onto another guy's foot on the other side of the field is unbelievable. And there's just so many, so many – aspects of it where it's just a flowing game and so i'm trying to educate don on all this and look the inside carolina people know don you know what a you know huge task that is for me to educate him yeah so don what's going on what are you watching i, I mean we got to get more into basics here like what are you yeah, doing? yeah. So, what's so going on here yeah so basically as you know i like to i'm not a huge huge gambler but i like to throw some 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 bones um and it's gr- soccer is great for me because the games are being played during the day when I'm working. So I can work and throw a game on or throw a couple of games on in the man tower. Um, I watch the Premier League. I also watch um, the, the Spanish League, uh, La Liga. La, La Liga, Don. La Liga. La Liga. And then Bundes, and Bundesliga with Germany. And I'll Bundesliga, yeah. And, so all, and, these uh, are going, all these are going on right now? Yeah. Well, Bundesliga is over. Bundesliga ended a few weeks ago. Yeah, and, and then the Italian league, which is Serie A, right? On your so big it's, it's actually – Don, I love that you just said that. It's actually Serie A, but – Serie A, okay. That's okay. So that, what, that, that just makes it better. So what usually happens around 
12 o'clock, from 12 o'clock until dinner time for me, there is like three games on at all, at, at all times. So that's, that's okay. what I watch. So it, that's nighttime over in Europe, I imagine, right? Yes. It yeah. is. It okay. is. And, and so, so what, they'll do, what they'll do is in England or, or, or Spain, they'll start the games about 1 p.m. here. And then usually, especially with COVID and how they're trying to catch up on the schedule, there's usually a game or two a day. And La Liga, which is Spain, will end at about 6 o'clock East Coast time. And now with yeah. MLS, you have that at 8 o'clock. So it's all day. Yeah, so for me, it's perfect because that's when I'm doing my work. I can have it on the background, do my work, and it's done and over with. I eat dinner, and it doesn't affect, you know, my, 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 what my, my kids or my wife or anything like that. I do – you talked about – all right, so I don't, I don't have any issue with the lack of goals. But I do have a couple of issues with things. John's never had any issues with scoring. <laughs> anyway, um, penalty kicks. I just – my thing is it's so hard to score in soccer. And then you have a penalty kick, which is like – I think I was reading it's like something like 76% of the time it goes in. And some of the times where you get – you're awarded a penalty kick, it's for something that, you know, a guy accidentally trips you in the box. And, you know, and so to me, it's – I would – Obviously, no one wants to know what a dumb American thinks, but I would love for them to at least move that spot back a couple feet to give the goaltender some of a chance. But I honestly feel, and Ross is going to laugh, that if you put me out there, and Brian's probably going to laugh too, <laughs> I think I, I could score a good amount on a Premier League goalie just because it's half of it is just a guessing game. Yeah, Don, I, I, I mean – no, <laughs> no. I mean, you, you don't you, think you, so. do, you do know these goalies study tendencies, and if you they open know up my your tendencies. hip, you can see it. Like, I'll give you an example. The other night, the LA Galaxy played Chicharito, who's one of the top players in Mexico now. Played in Europe for a long time, now plays for the Galaxy. Got a penalty stop. Why? Because he telegraphed where he was going with it, so the goalie knew where to dive before. The ball was shot. I mean, you know, yeah, there's a lot of guessing, and it looks like that because these are, you know, world, the guys who take penalties are the best players on the team and the best scorers. So they're world. Well, that's the other thing scorers. too. So, like in hockey, if you get a penalty shot, it's because you were tripped up. It, so they don't get to say, okay, well, if you know this crappy player gets gets pulled down, then we're going to put in, you know, um, Sidney Crosby is going to do it. But in soccer, you choose your best guy to do it every single time. Like, I think it would make it a little bit more fair if you can, you know. I, I guess the thing is this, Don. Mm -hmm. Don't commit a foul in the 18-yard box. Yeah, yeah, well, I get that. I get and, that. And you can say, well, he did it on accident. Well, I mean, if there's a pass interference call down the field 60 yards and the DB tripped and ha actually fell into another player and caught uh, pass interference, the ref's not like – well, it was an accident. Let's not call it. No, I know. But, I mean, no. a pass interference penalty is not – I mean, a, one goal in soccer can, can really determine the outcome. A pass interference penalty, some of them – yes, some of them have. But most of them don't. You know what I mean? It's yeah, that's my yeah that, but that's not – I mean, yeah, it can, it can change it. But it changed it in such a big way that it puts a premium on being disciplined – in the box. And to be honest, if it's such a huge issue, you would be thinking that there's going to be three or four a game. It, it, it's not like that. There's one maybe every three or four games kind of deal. It's not like it's going on every two seconds. Yeah, and I it's just it. like, okay. so anyway. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. wrap, I'm gonna wrap that, that discussion <laughs> up. Um, okay, quickly, Don, what are your teams? I, don't I, know really you, I know you gamble, but you've got to have some allegiances starting up. I, I do not. I mean, I, I like a little bit that the Atalanta, I like them. The uh, I'm going to pronounce all these name, names Wait, wrong. wait. Tell uh, me the league. Tell me the league and the team. Atalanta's in that Serie A. Where is that, where is that Brian? In, it, <laughs> Go ahead, Italy. Don. <laughs> it's in Italy. Italy. Good. Well done, yeah. Don. <laughs> is, that yeah. the, is that the top league in Italy? It is. Okay. It is. Go, um, Don, go ahead, Don. I, I also like, um, was it Savela? In, Sevilla, uh, Sevilla. Yeah, I've been there. I've been there, Don. Don, okay. you, you had Spanish in high school? No, I took French. I couldn't but, tell but by that, Sevilla. <laughs> but that wouldn't help me any. But uh, yeah, and so other they're, than La that, they're La Liga, Sevilla. Right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. What's your Premier um, League team? Man, I don't. I don't think. Hey, I have Don, to. let me help the you Premier, out. If so you the, don't. If you don't give the correct answer there <laughs> here, don't worry about calling me for more advice. So, so 
Liverpool, that's, that's the problem. All the Premier League teams have failed me. I'm like, all right, come on, get me something. And so that's the other thing. And so you hate a team like Liverpool who completely crapped the bed against um, Man City, Man City a, a couple weeks ago for me, you know. But. Yeah, but that just showed your lack of knowledge of how to play it. You're coming off a team that just won the championship playing against – the second best team by far in the league in that team's building. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the best, the best quote was from the coach of the team of man city afterward. He said, it looked like the Liverpool players had a lot of beer. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're I, in hindsight, right. that was a bad pick by my, but it's still kind of stung and, and, and have it left a bad taste right. in my mouth. about Another question, Don, what's your, what do you, how much you gambling? How's how's the gambling work in, uh, in soccer? So it's, it's, um, this is I off mean, the I, record. I'm going to stop the recording. <laughs> <laughs> it, it obviously is, uh, you know, obviously you can pick the, choose the winner or draw, you know, between the two teams in the draw or, and they do have uh, goal lines, which are usually one and a half or, or actually a half or one and a half um, right. and, and two and a half because draws are, are, are so um, prevalent. Um, and you got obviously the over under there's things, you know, I mean, there's, there's just about everything. I mean, so like you know, are the teams like, is it favored like plus whatever plus one fifty type deal minus two twenty type? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the well, that's the money line. I mean, they they obviously do the um they do it the the European way, which is decimals, which it, it, which converts to the money line. But okay, yeah. yeah, that's always confusing to me. I mean, spreads are about all I know. Uh, all right, Brian, what's your team? What are your teams? Uh, I love Liverpool, big time Liverpool. Why Galaxy. are you a Liverpool fan? You know, just kind of watching them, they would be on TV a lot. And Always love just, hearing why Americans pick. Yeah, I mean, it's just they were on TV, and so you had access to them. So you watched them. They have an unbelievable atmosphere at games. And so it just all, you know, kind of pushes into it. I love the LA Galaxy because lived in LA for a long time when Landon Donovan got there, and it was it was fun to watch and then getting to go see guys like Beckham play was, was really cool. And then I, I think, you know, the U S men's national team, which by the way, I would be in favor of a new manager. Uh, I absolutely love the U S men's national team. They are, I would have to say when I look at all my teams, they would probably be the top one. I do get really into world cup and, and that kind yeah. of stuff. women's world cup. I was into it and, and definitely men's a couple summers ago. Well, no, no, the men's – you weren't watching the men's national team a couple summers ago. I, I was watching – nah, man, I'm a, I'm a international guy, man. It's not all America for me, despite the flag. I was – because the games were in the morning for that one. Yeah. I remember, See, that's I remember what, waking up and kind of throwing it on and just kind of watching it all day. It was kind of fun. Yeah, I mean, and, well, and I, I've always liked World Cup, both men's and women's also. But, yeah, I mean, to me, that's the biggest selling point is that there's no other sports going on during that time, and I could throw it on there and, and do some work. I see a video coming, Don, with you and fuel and um and penalty kicks. We we film it, and I'll play goalie, and you'll okay. have you'll we have need ten, to do this. ten kicks or whatever. And then also a one on one. I love a little one on one competition, just dribbling and see who can get past who. Okay. So, how much does Inside Carolina pay? Like when Don's on like medical leave for getting injured for doing this? <laughs> yeah, it's just his lungs will be injured <laughs> through activity. Um. All right. Cool. Good soccer talk there. Or football talk. Um, Don, you know, John Siegley of Inside Carolina is a big football guy. What's his team? I don't know. <laughs> he's really big, uh, but I know he's passionate about soccer. All right, guys, anything else on this? No, I mean, I could talk about it forever, but I think, I think we had enough. Yeah, we got to wrap it up here. Okay, we're going to say bye to Brian. Brian, thanks so much for coming on. It's your second appearance on The Scoop. This is a big back. one. Back to back. back. This was a big one with a lot of uh, good intel on, on your area and the, those kind of Tidewater Virginia players. We appreciate right. it, man. All right. Thanks, thanks Ross. Thanks, Gritty. All right. See you, Brian. <laughs> Brian is logging off as we wait for him to leave. There he's gone. And uh, let's get right into it, Don. All right. Vacation time. Yeah. Um, let's get into it quickly here. Got about five to ten minutes left. Where'd you go? What'd you do? Let's get into your vacation. We'll get into mine, and we'll wrap this sucker up. My father-in-law lives in New Smyrna Beach, and we went uh, down there to uh, spend about a week with him and also go on the beach and, and that sort of thing. God, what, that, a what a riveting description and tale you just told. <laughs> well, we did. I mean, he's, he's great because um, he gets out and does a whole lot of things. So I don't know exactly where we went, but we went to um, – 
Blue Springs, which probably to me was the highlight of our trip. Um, and, and you mentioned that you've got, you've done it before, I think. Yeah, I think I've been there definitely with my family. And I think I've been by myself or, or with a friend in the last 10 years. But that's kind of inside the state. It's not on the coast, right? No. So we drove like yeah. two hours to get to it and waited in a car line forever. Oh, and then when we, yeah, well, the crazy thing is, is like you wait in the car line forever, but then you get there, there's hardly any people there, which was great. But um, yeah, I mean, so for those who don't, aren't familiar with it, I wasn't up until recently. Um, and we couldn't see the actual spring, but supposedly there's a spring that comes out. It's really blue, really clear, really beautiful. Um, we didn't see the actual spring because the night before there was a storm that knocked down a bunch of trees that prevented you from like swimming over in there. But basically the spring comes out to a river, which eventually goes to the ocean and yada, yada. But um, there's a portion where you could swim at or everybody could swim at. And then they kind of have a portion where you can't, but you can kayak. And that's where they have like tons of huge, fi no fishing also, but tons of huge fish really? and alligator. And so there's actual pictures of me um, on the kayak and you could see the fit, I mean, huge, massive fish underneath me. And, um, seeing the alligator so close is pretty cool too. On uh, the one point it was me and my daughter were in separate kayaks and she was already freaking out by alligators. And I was like, look, don't freak out. But right over there, there's an alligator just, just paddle. So she paddled her way just, you know, just to make sure she was away from it. But it was so cool. Cause I, I ended up going back out later um and i don't know if it's the same alligator or different ones or whatever but getting trying to get a little bit closer it's the the staffers said that the, the, that the alligators really don't mess with the human beings as long as you don't mess with them because there's plenty of food for them to eat you say fish what kind of fish are we talking here they god they said just like they, big yeah yeah i mean um they said alligator gar g-a-r okay. a lot of you know those and 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 a bunch of different a and lot then, of different fish I and mean, what I remember this area for Blue Springs State Park is the manatees. Yes. Okay. So you, so we only saw one manatee, um, and supposedly during the summer they're out in the ocean, but it's during the winter is when they actually there's a lot of them there. This is all what the staffers were explaining to us. So I only saw one that was early on. He was big and he was beautiful, and uh, he quickly swam out to I guess wherever. There's nothing quick about them. They just they kind of just chill and eat. Yeah, yeah. Well, he got he got out of there as soon as I guess the humans because we got there yeah. pretty early. What a weird animal. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, so what else did you do in Florida? You drove down. I'm I'm assuming. Yeah, we drove down. Um, I mean, really, we just went to the beach. Um, we went to a couple like little towns and um, I mean, because you can't do a whole lot. And and Florida has become the epicenter, and it was really bad when we went down there then, epicenter for the for the coronavirus stuff. So you have to be really really careful careful. Um, so we did go to the beach a couple times and just kind of really just chilled out. I mean, it was, you know, um, okay, paint, paint the picture of what a beach day looks like for the Callahan family. So, um, and you in particular, <laughs> I'm not a beach guy at all. I hate it. I hate, I hate sand. I hate the sun. I hate the water. I hate all the, I hate getting, you know, even when you rinse yourself off, you get in the car, you still have sand in your crack. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just awful. But um, so my father-in-law has, you know, obviously he lives like walking distance from the beach. So he has it all down to a science. He has his truck um, all loaded up with chairs. We had a canopy thing. Um, the cool thing is that the beach near him, you you drive on it and you kind of park behind where you're going, which is uh, awesome. Yeah. So we, um, I mean, we really. Everybody has a car there on the beach. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and, it, and it's just like, um, so you don't like that. Well, I know that makes it a lot easier for carrying all your stuff and, yeah. and you know, like you keep the cooler in there and you can have, you can bring tons of stuff, which is yeah. nice. Kind of similar to car camping where you can't, your car is right there by your tent. But damn, I mean, the whole point of a beach is kind of getting away and, and having some room to, you know, kind of getting away from a parking lot and having space to do stuff. You don't have all your trucks right there. Yeah, but the thing was that, that you know, the, the cars have to be parked in the back, and then you have, like, the sand area where, where it's basically like a street, and then you have where people are, are um, kind of, I guess, camping or whatever with their stuff, and then you, get, you have your beach. And it almost kind of gives you, like, a, a sliver of the beach, which was nice, where you don't have yeah. to worry about, especially during now where you're trying to, to social distance and everything. We talked a bunch about mine. You, you kind of took a little bit of adventure, saw um, a love interest, perhaps. <laughs> Up in the Northeast. Um, yeah, I went up to Maine. Uh, it's a state up there above Massachusetts. 
What was the temperature? Weather? Dude, all actually, I mean, well, on the coast, it was a little cold. It's foggy, but I mean, it wasn't bad. I mean, I wore a sweatshirt at times. I mean, but it was beautiful. When it got sunny, it was very warm. It wasn't that cold. I was expecting mm-hmm. it to be a lot colder. It was disappointing because uh, I mean, what are we, we talking? Are we talking seventies? Yeah, on the coast, seventies, eighties. Okay. And windy and foggy, so there's a lot of different temp- weather coming in, which of course changed it. But when the sun was out, it was hot. It was very, very hot. Um, so that was a little disappointing because I wouldn't, I would have minded it to be a little colder. But there's like always a chance of rain and thunderstorms and clouds and stuff. And then we went, so we did you know, two days on the coast at Acadia National Park, which is this big, beautiful national park on this island off the coast of Maine, kind of up the coast a little bit. So you drive up through all these little towns, these Maine coastal beach towns, um, stopping here and there. And we got to Acadia National Park and, and we camped right outside there. And yeah, all day in the park, beautiful things. I posted some pictures on Twitter last night and on my Instagram. Um, I mean, awesome scenes. The coast is unbelievable mountains waterfalls um beach stuff then we went into baxter state park which is two and a half hours northwest in the middle of maine kind of up in maine that's where i thought it was gonna be really cold or colder and it was hotter because it was on the coast it was by all these lakes all these uh glacier made lakes hoping to see some moose and go to this uh really awesome state park that has the uh tallest mountain in maine called uh mount uh, Katahdin, which is the end of the Appalachian Trail, if you're going south to north. We didn't hike it. It's like a 10-hour hike. Um, or like it's all day. You get there early, early, and hike. It's like six hours up, six hours down, or something like that. But beautiful waterfalls, rivers, ponds, lakes, hikes, and stuff. We camped two days out there. Gotcha. Sounds good. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was good to get away. I mean, I completely detached. You know, I didn't open my – you know, it had no internet. You know, camped, mm. middle of the woods. I go crazy our own, cooking our own food, uh, camping underneath the stars. Um, Do you enjoy the company you were with? Yeah, it was great. Of course. Did- Funny story here. Ready? Uh oh. The Bush compound is in this town. Bush, George Bush, George A. W. Bush, George H. Uh-huh. W. Bush, two presidents. Forty-one, forty-three. One of those 43. two. Forty-one, forty-three. Is Trump forty-five? Yeah. Well, which one are you talking about? The younger one. Well, one's forty. One's something, and one's another one. Yeah, well, well, which compound is it? I mean, it's a family compound, the Bush compound. Oh, One of them's dead. Right, yeah, yeah, it was 41, 43. Okay, this is the Bush family compound. So Jeb Bush, George W. Bush, all the daughters, all the family, aunts, uncles. They have this peninsula on um, up the coast in this town called Kinnaport, Maine. And you can just drive and you see it. And so it's this big little area, you know, similar to like a little island, but it's connected to the connected to the um, coastline you drive you can really literally, literally park and like see it all they have tennis courts tons of houses compounds access to water on both sides boats there are like four black suburban suvs secret service was there because you know how former presidents have uh, yeah a secret they service had the option there. yeah yeah and so and, you know they have very famous very wealthy family so we it's called walker's point and so mm-hmm. we were we knew we were going to stop there. this is the morning we pass it and I'm like, okay, there it is. We turn around, come back and I pull into the driveway and there's this kiosk. <laughs> Did you get there's, tackled? There's this kiosk and a security gate and like cameras and like, you know, it's legit. I knew this is where it was. So I pull in and secret security comes out or uh, secret service comes out and like, he was having none of it. He was like, what are you doing here? Who are you? Wow. What's your purpose here? uh wouldn't answer any questions i like is, i was like is this walker's point and i saw it on maps walker's point he was like what are you what are you doing and i was like i saw it on google's map went, went on google's map wanted to just kind of pull in check it out he's like why don't you just turn around here and i was like yeah cool <laughs> no problem here and so we pulled out and then drove back a little bit to where you can kind of see it and we ate breakfast there gotcha wow that's crazy so that was a cool part um ate some lobster Lobster roll, waited in line for an hour for a lobster roll uh, at this really famous place. And it's beautiful scenery, beautiful sunsets, sunrises, beautiful beaches, lakes, ponds, waterfalls, all that. And then drove back. Long, How long did it drive? Time. Well, from Maine to where I was staying, where we stayed in Connecticut was like six hours, I think, from mm. St- Baxter State Park. 
six or something hours. So that was long. And then we spent the night in Connecticut and I drove back to North Carolina and that was eight and a half hours. Wow. But I stopped eight, wait, a couple times. Uh, eight, and a, eight, eight and a half from Connecticut to, are you sure? Yeah, right by New York. Okay. Go right through I, Philly. Go right through. I think through. it was a little bit long because I know I do the Philly thing all the time. It's like seven and a half. But yeah, I mean, you can do, you can Google map it. I mean, of course it took longer because there's traffic through New York. Yeah. There's traffic through DC and you stop three or four. Well, times. that's it. I've always learned is you got to plan your trip around DC because you know, it's, it's just a pain in the ass driving yeah, before and so. after. All right, guys, that was good stuff. Hopefully you took away a lot from this with Grimes, with George Wilson, with Logan Taylor, with the soccer talk, maybe more insight into to Don's family life as well. <laughs> Anything else, Don? We, uh, you know, we, we may be on a, uh, every other week, schedule here yeah as this um, class slows down um don't foresee any any recruitments really escalating here anytime soon yeah um i don't know we'll see is that, is that accurate to say yeah i mean it, it we just have to take a week by week to see what's going on but yeah i can't i don't envision anything i guess worthy of a podcast between now and next week but we'll see you never know yeah try to bring you the news when things happen we do a podcast um but there's nothing to talk about nothing to talk about all right guys thanks for listening to the scoop thanks for listening to another podcast from insidecarolina.com brought to you by johnny t-shirt.com where to go for your next tar heel gear purchase